Welcome to Mulch. I'm your host, Jessica Jones. Sharing stories is healing. Whether it is to release them from your narrative or to connect to a community, I want to reserve this space for doing just that. Mulch is the shit that makes us grow. It is a place to be honest and tell our fiercely vulnerable stories. The stories shared and concepts learned are here to serve the purpose of teaching us and connecting us. Instead of looking at our experiences as a hindrance, I want to look at them as something meant to nourish us and support our growth. Something like mulch. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram at from.mulch, subscribe to our newsletter at frommulch.com, and press that subscribe button. Hope you enjoy, and thanks for joining me. Hello, it has been a while. Welcome to episode six of Mulch. Today's episode is called The Pink Cloud. Um, But before we get into the content today, I have a little announcement. Um, Since Mulch has been put up on Spotify and Apple Podcast, I want to do a little appreciation contest. For those of you who are enjoying the podcast and would like to support me, you can write a review on Apple Podcast. Um, You can also rate the show five stars. And if you do that and you screenshot your review um, and send it to from.mulch at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram um, at from.mulch, then I will enter you into the contest to win four mulch prints. And I'll be choosing five lucky winners. So all the prints were written and designed by me and they were created to complement each other. So when you are given the four, if you are wanting to display them like on like as a gallery wall, um, which you can see actually on my Instagram, I posted an example, or just giving them away as gifts or whatever you wish, um, that will be your, your thank you. I, I really appreciate um, all the people who have rated and reviewed, and you guys obviously will be entered into this contest too. Just please send me the screenshot so that I know who you are. Um, I, I truly appreciate all the love and support. This was a very difficult thing for me to start up and all of this encouragement has, well, not only has it been validating for me, but it has been, um, just also very motivating and, um, it feels very special, um, to, to reach out to people like this and to connect on a deep vulnerable level. I've always been about the depth I'm not really I don't really like the surface level conversation um and we can all do it so it's it's just nice that like on a platform like Instagram where you're just seeing the surface of everyone's lives and you know for the most part the good parts of the surface um it's just interesting how many people have reached out to me to talk about that shit in their life and and to just open up and be vulnerable and say hey yeah no that sounds really shitty I've actually been to the exact same thing um it definitely makes you feel less alone and less alone when you're in a pandemic and in isolation so I appreciate all of you and and thank you so much
In today's episode, I'll be talking about a concept called the pink cloud. Um, But first, I have a confession. Um, I almost fell off the bandwagon. My last episode was released over a month ago. I think it was April 2nd. And I've had difficulty with building momentum to work on my creative project and this healing journey. I haven't completely fallen off, but I was definitely dragging behind the wagon and doing like a very poor job of trying to jump back on. Um, I felt very overwhelmed and I felt embarrassed to admit this, but here I am and I want to tell you about it. Um, So to start off today, I want to read a memoir called The Pink Cloud. When my partner was in rehab, there was a sense of relief that I wasn't responsible for his safety and well-being. However, I still had an important role to play with supporting him. He called me every single night, and although I missed him, I should have taken that time to be by myself and focus on me. I had spent a year worrying about his well-being and very stuck in the alcoholic codependent dynamic. He was self-harming, suicidal, and suffering. Finally, we were able to get him into rehab. I was working every day, had an hour drive to and from work, and then would get home and wait for him to call me. The calls themselves caused me anxiety because I didn't know how he was doing, and if he wasn't doing okay, I couldn't do anything about it. I started to log each and every call conversation so I could keep track of his progress. Every Sunday, I was allowed to see him, but beforehand, I would participate in a group therapy session with the other families. We would each go around and talk about our experiences so far with our loved one in rehab, and this time there was a mutual theme. Looking at the faces around the circle, they were exhausted, concerned, and confused. Each one of these people tried to save their loved one from addiction. They had been lied to, emotionally abused, cried themselves to sleep, given money to their loved one to buy alcohol worried all night when they didn't come home, made compromises with them that went against their values, missed out on experiences because their partner would be tempted to drink. They had had enough, and this was their last resort. One woman said, I just don't know what to believe anymore. I have watched my husband lie through his teeth to get another drink. I have had my money stolen. He's crashed my car. I've covered for him. I stopped drinking when he tried to do it on his own, and nothing has changed. He always comes back to the same place. And now, talking to him, I feel like I was trying to be supportive with how good he was feeling, but I am so bitter and resentful. I have heard these words come from his mouth before. Why was this so different? Another woman said, I feel the same. My husband has been here for two weeks, and he says he feels like a changed man. He seems delusional. Two weeks cannot rewire this disastrous person I have known for so long. As I sat there listening, I reflected on my phone call with my boyfriend the night before. I'd experienced a very similar conversation. He was in a state of euphoria, as if he died, saw the light, and was now on the path to enlightenment. He talked to me about how good he was feeling, how strong he felt, how in touch with himself he felt, how in control he felt, and how he knows this time it will be different. And I sat there listening not believing a single word that came out of his mouth. The group counselor began to explain what our alcoholic members were experiencing. 
She said, that is called the pink cloud. She continued to explain, when an addict experiences a new lifestyle of sobriety, it can feel refreshing. Finally, they feel understood. The shame they carry feels lighter as they connect to other humans and get their very complicated feelings and traumatic experiences validated and consoled. This reset can feel like a natural high during the early days and weeks of sobriety. This phase is what people from AA coined as the pink cloud. It is the phase used to describe the feelings of elation and euphoria in early sobriety. The pink cloud, or could also be referred to as the honeymoon stage of sobriety, is often very short-lived. During this time, a person may feel happy, confident, and successful. Essentially, they feel like they're floating in the clouds, hence the name. The pink cloud is said to be the result of the fog finally lifting after years of substance abuse. The person can finally see clearly and enjoy a life that is free of drugs and alcohol. As she finished, we all looked around at each other. It made sense, but what were we supposed to say to them now? How could we be supportive and encouraging to this expiring stage? It felt like we were talking about Santa Claus to kids at Christmas. It felt like we were keeping this secret from them, that they weren't better, and that they were just chasing another high, and eventually they would fall from the pink clouds and hopefully land on their feet. I personally think we can all relate to the euphoria of the pink cloud state whenever we try and change our life for the better. And then the notion kicks in that what we are about to embark on is going to be hard work. Yes, I feel better, but for how long? I want to share with you my experience with the pink cloud. I have been in this place many times, although I didn't realize that there was a term for it. And I just experienced it very recently. Now, I've been single and focusing on myself for almost two years now, which is something I am very proud of. Um, but I have said this before, just because you're alone doesn't mean you're actively working on yourself. You know, just because you're not engaging with toxic people or inviting toxic people in your life doesn't mean you are deconditioning, rewiring, and working through the damage and wounds that need to be healed and attended to. I mentioned this in my memoir, Cocooned. Your outsides don't necessarily match your insides. You may look strong, but are you actually strong? I'm not dismissing the work I have done. Um, I'm very proud of the work that I have done. And I'm in a much, much, much better place than I was two years ago. And I haven't fallen off the codependency recovery wagon. But I lost sight a little bit of my commitment to the hard work that I have chosen to dedicate my time to. Um, I was experiencing a sense of newness and euphoria and I could feel my new path and see my bright and shiny future and thought I was cured from codependency. Am I? No, I'm not. I am self-deficient. I have difficulty nourishing myself. I always have. And for whatever reason, I feel more satisfied and fulfilled when I'm taking care of someone else and not myself. I am on the self-deficiency spectrum, and although I've had just a minor setback, I know what the depths of self-deficiency look like. One year ago, today, actually, I purchased my Squarespace website for Mulch, and I began building what I wanted Mulch to look like. I was writing 
for myself and for healing. This wasn't for anyone else but me when I had started writing. I had bought a camera and had taken up photography. Um, and that is where the birth of the connection of my codependency and alcoholism and um, nature kind of came to be was through my photography. And I've said this before, I liked how nature and the seasons can really like simplify cycles we go through as humans. They're really easy to connect to and to understand. And I liked that. I liked the metaphor that nature had for me. I liked that in fall, fall could effortlessly change. The leaves could fall off the trees and they were preparing themselves for this cold, dark season. And that was okay and that was natural. For me, that's essentially what I was preparing myself for with mulch. It was that I needed to brace myself and I needed to shed my cocoon and shed my skin and embrace the harshness and the pain that was going to follow that. I needed to remove what Brene Brown says. I needed to remove my armor and I needed to, what does she say? She says a strong back, soft front. I needed to have that vulnerable heart, but that you know, strong spine to support myself. In the fall is when I created my my mulch Instagram account. And the idea was just to see what happens. I wanted a creative outlet outlet where I could share my writing and my photos. And that's what it and that's all it was. And then from there I was inspired to talk about my experience and talk about codependency. And in I think January is when I started this podcast. So there were all these steps in my healing, and I've said this before, that there is something very empowering for me when it comes to actually articulating and talking about what I've gone through. Um, the writing process for me is so helpful. This part too, though, the putting it into words and like expelling it from my body, like out of my brain and out of my mouth and into the world is so healing for me. So that is where I was going with healing. And, and, you know, I think I've said this several times that when I talk about self-deficiency, it's a commitment that you make to yourself. It's a lifelong commitment. And I don't know what happened, but I lost sight of myself a little bit. So keeping in mind, I'm working a full-time job teaching during a, p- a pandemic. Um, I don't want to be too hard on myself for losing my momentum when it, when it comes to my healing journey, but it happened. And I think this is inevitable and normal when it comes to self-development and when it comes to recovery. And, you know, again, the journey is different, but when we compare ourselves to someone who is recovering from an addiction like alcohol, having a slip up, having a relapse is very normal in the recovery process as a whole. So... I stopped writing. I stopped writing for me. Um, I would sit every morning and I would I would just write whatever I was thinking. Like I feel like I recently talked about this. Like whatever I was thinking or whatever was bothering me, whatever I was feeling, and it was such a nice way for myself to check in with myself. And I think when we really look at codependency and people who struggle with it, that is a difficulty they have is, is being aware of their own needs. So this really allowed me to prioritize the things that I needed and what I needed to focus on. So in addition to writing, I also recorded two podcast episodes, um, one being with a guest that I've yet to edit and release. 
Um, I lost my routine. My place became a mess again. People were entering my life I had closed doors on. I was so focused on a possible love interest that I wasn't focusing on me. So it was really interesting to see. I did not hit rock bottom, not, not even close. But I think for a period of time, I was in this pink cloud phase. Um, I know that I was on the right track, but I really was starting to feel the, you know, the success of what I was doing. I was feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm actually healing and I'm, I'm feeling better and, I, and I'm thinking better. Um, and then I just stopped. I, all the things that I was putting into place to keep that positivity up and to keep that self-reflection up and self-development up just disintegrated. The pink cloud released me and I began to fall and I could feel where I would end up if I didn't land on my feet. What I like to compare this to is working out. When you aren't eating healthy and working out, the idea of going for a run can feel unbearable. But once you finally start to get into the groove, you start to feel better. You may start noticing your body feels or looks different and you crave healthy foods. Your mind begins to forget that the reason you're feeling so good is because you are running. So you accidentally miss a day, but you know, that's okay. You still feel good. But then one day turns to two, turns to week, and that euphoria you felt as your new life as a runner begins to shatter when you realize feeling good actually takes hard work. So I have yet to truly put my codependency to the test officially yet, um, but I got a little glimpse of it and what it feels like. And let me tell you, it felt very much the same. I could not balance the feeling of feeling excited about someone and also taking care of myself. This was an alarm for me. I believe in my heart that I can. I actually think that I'm very capable of achieving this. But it was just so interesting when I wasn't, or I didn't feel like I was in the front seat driving my life and in control of myself. Just what naturally sprung for my natural wiring, my my neurology, just just it just happened. And the patterns that were have been in cycle since since they were planted in my brain, just like instantly began to repeat themselves again. It was as if I was an alcoholic and I walked into a bar, bought a drink and was just staring at it. That was all I could think about and focus on. Now, I don't feel like I let myself down at all. I actually feel very grateful for the reminder um, that, you know, the commitment is there for a reason. Um, it showed me that I, that I have improved significantly, that I had these tools to backpedal and, and look at myself and be like, okay, Jess, like <laughs> you need to stop. Um, but it was interesting. I was reading about oxytocin and what a powerful hormone. And it's interesting, um, because I always compare the codependent or the self-deficient, the love addict to an alcoholic um, I mean, for good reason. They are drawn to each other. They are trauma bonding together for a reason. But both oxytocin is released when you fall in love or when you feel like you're in love. And it's also released during alcohol consumption. So that was an, an interesting um, little tidbit of information that I learned. I'm going to keep this episode short and sweet. As I mentioned, I have two fully recorded podcast episodes um, that I'll be releasing soon. Um, one with a guest named Ali Anderson. She is a ghostwriter and the founder of Hey Young Writer. Um, it's the blog that I write for. 
um, next week, actually, May 19th, uh, my next blog post is coming out in addition to her episode. So please check in um, on May 19th with Ali Anderson. And as one last reminder, please rate and review the show for any five stars or good reviews that are sent to me via screenshot to my email from.mulch at gmail.com or to my Instagram at from.mulch. You'll be entered in a draw to win four prints. Um, Each winner gets four prints and I will be choosing five of them. If you aren't already, please subscribe to my website frommulch.com. Follow me on Instagram at from.mulch and give this podcast a five-star rating and a review. I will see you guys next week and I'm rooting for you.